This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. Hi, this is Arjun, welcoming you to this episode of Secrets to Win Big. I found that winning is fun, but don't get me wrong, but winning big is real fun because that puts us all on the path to long-term sustained success. In this podcast, I have the best seat in the house because I have conversations with leaders from all walks of life all over the world, sharing their secrets to win big. And the reason it's very important to listen to leaders from all around the world, all walks of life is because our individual journey is different. We start at different points. Our finish point is different. And that's the reason this wisdom is very important. Today, I have an incredibly fascinating guest, Kimberly Rausch. And before I start talking about Kimberly's accomplishments, what is more important to look at is the journey she has had and the impact she has made. Because sometimes, you know, some people are destined to be successful in anything they do. Anything they do. Kimberly is one of those. So Kimberly, just to get into the formal side of the bio, is the founder of All-Star Executive Coaching, which specializes in coaching C-level and BP-level executives from Fortune 100 companies to solo entrepreneurs. She is also the co-author of Who Are You When, when You Are Big? Amazing, fascinating question. And to me, a book that starts with a question which all of us go by saying, hmm, I really think she gets it right away. So I really feel in the conversation, we'll find a hidden branding person somewhere there. Kimberly is former national partner with a big four public, public accounting firm, brings you more than 30 years of business experience in her coaching, including extensive work with CC executives, board of directors, and audit committees. She facilitates a popular program called Back in the Game Big, which is a three-month group coaching program for executives in transition. She's also a keynote speaker, a leadership facilitator, and a charter member of Fourth Speaker. Wow, fascinating. Kimberly, welcome to Secrets to Win Big. So Kimberly, Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Oh, absolutely. It's totally a pleasure. Kimberly, <laughs> let's start. Okay. Let's start. You know, in a world, there are thousands of business experts and coaches. Okay? And you and I, see these every day, every day, people must be sending you emails by saying how they can help you from SEO to everything else. You have created a one of one niche. What is that niche that only Kimberly brings and how have you created that? You know, you asked me this question the other day and I, <laughs> I really had to stop and think, but um, it was really obvious once I, once I kind of nailed it and it's, I, I believe in greatness. And I believe in our ability to step into that. And, you know, it's, it's claiming who we are, the best of who we are, not from a place of ego and not by boasting and not by making ourselves better than anybody else, but, but just from a place of humble gratitude. 
you know it's the the ego of the heart versus the ego of the head mm -hmm. i think in any consulting that is so important to start there because consulting is about give it's about the other person and nobody likes to work with that goofy consultant with little attitude who knows it all okay i love that humility so when, if I talk to any of your amazing clients who are huge fans of yours, what is the skills that only Kimberly brings to them? You know, I think I'm not afraid to let them let their magnificence emerge. <laughs> um, so often we we dumb it down, right? We we don't let ourselves claim all of who we are and when I'm able to to tap into that and pull it out of somebody and we all have those moments right um we all it, you know that they seem to be fleeting though what if we could live our lives from those that place that's that's what I love to to bring out in people and, and help them see for themselves you know to me if you look at anyone listening to the conversation when they've heard about your accounting background, all of us are scared okay? And that's what I just told everyone at the very beginning that there is a hidden branding person, an amazing communicator behind Kimberly. Because the promise you just made is so fascinating. Like whatever you were consulting on, it didn't matter. If you told me, Arjun, I will let you get your magnificence from the inside emerge. I'm like, I'm in, I'm in. It's very fascinating. <laughs> you know what? I was, <laughs> I came up with that one day. So I, I had just gotten off a call with a client and I was just like, they just had one of those moments, right? And I, it's, it's the absolute greatest joy in my life to, to get to witness. And, and that's what I get to do now as an executive coach. And you know, I, I coached and developed and mentored and challenged and inspired people in public accounting, but that wasn't really my day job, right? Mm -hmm. And now I get to do it 100% of the time. But I just gotten off this call with this with this client, and I was meeting a chairman of a board of a nonprofit who was interviewing me to coach their their CEO. And it was the first time I'd met him. And we're standing there waiting to get a table at lunch. And, <laughs> and I just had this I was just beaming, you know, um, you know, reveling in my clients, my clients' success and joy. And um, I, I just felt like I needed to say something. <laughs> I, I blurted out, I, you know, that I just get to witness their magnificence emerge. And at the time, it felt so corny. It felt so, you know, you know, over the over the top. Um, but I've really come to embrace it because that's what I get to do, you know. And, you know, I'm taking a lot of notes. And the <laughs> thing that really hits home is really embracing it because you're operating at a level where it's dangerous to fake it. You have to embrace and live it. And to me, I think the beaming in client success and joy, every one of us who are actually seeing this podcast, the video version, can appreciate what you're saying is you're actually living it. And I can see you going back and living each one of these. So I want to go into the book a little bit. Okay. Your book, Who Are You When You're Big? So what's the promise of the book? And who is the target? And what's the one thing they should take from this book? Like, why should we read this book? So my book was actually written for executives, but it really applies to everybody and anybody. Mm -hmm. um, and 
you know, most people that I meet, they're going through this, you know, they're on this wobbling seesaw between their powerful self and their powerless self, right? Between their ego and their insecurity. Mm-hmm. And my book helps you discover your empowered self, you know, and, and this, this, this seesaw between our, our, our powerful and powerless, like most of the time it's unconscious. We're not even really aware that we're on such a seesaw, right? Mm-hmm. But I can have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful weekend with my kids. And then, you know, Monday morning, Monday morning, they throw a temper tantrum and all of a sudden I'm a terrible mother, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? um, and, and so, or, or that I'm not, you know, I'm going to work and I'm leaving them. And, and now all of a sudden I'm, I'm terrible at both, right? Um, but this, this empowered place is where you enter into your most, <clears throat> excuse me, your most resourceful state of mind. And it's your big state of mind. And my book gives people a way to access that on demand. Um, it was a question my coach asked me. And once I, I realized that it was like, wow, <laughs> I, um, well, go ahead. No, no, no. You see, go ahead. So the, the question came from, you know, I'd, I'd been working with, I got promoted into a national role at KPMG and I was dealing with the number two and three people in the whole firm. And I felt so out of my league. <laughs> I didn't feel like a leader among the leaders of the firm. And so I got a coach for leadership and influence. And long story short, over time, my coach just helped me see that the part of my job I loved was all about coaching and developing and mentoring and, and particularly challenging and inspiring people. And you know, I looked at how I could pursue that even further within the firm and then realized, you know, wow, what if I stepped out and did it full time? What if that was, what if my compensation was tied to my gifts? And <laughs> I went from being this national partner in a global firm with resources at my fingertips to becoming Kimberly Rouch, <laughs> entrepreneur, <laughs> one woman show, <laughs> no executive admin anymore. <laughs> I, had to, I had to buy the photocopier. <laughs> And I was just feeling really small. So naturally I had a coaching session with my coach and I told him how I was feeling. And he said, excuse me, did you leave any part of Kimberly Roush at KPMG? And I said, well, well, what do you mean? And he's like, did you leave your experience, your accomplishments, your strengths, your values, your gifts, your, your personality? And I said, no. And he said, well, who are you when you're big? He asked me that question. Hmm. And you know, I really came to realize that big is the state of mind and that every moment of every day we have a choice to make and I could choose to feel small or I could just simply step back into being Kimberly Roush because every bit of me was still here. And I found that by writing it out and I, I have people write big statements, I found that by writing it out, it gave me the ability to step into that resourceful state of mind on demand and to start living my life from that, that state of mind. And I've gone on to ask that question to over probably 3,500 people at this point and have them write big statements. And it's just, it's, it's magical to watch them claim it. Yeah, to me, I think it's also magical that you are answering questions that I wanted to ask by reading my mind. I wanted to ask you, how does somebody get to the intersection of their passion and their gift and talent and you gave me the answer right there by saying, connect your compensation with your gift. I love mm. okay. I want to go back to a concept that you talked about, which is very relevant to all of us, is the seesaw of life. Okay. Whether it's a business relationship or even a marriage or any connection or even a friendship, sometimes 
even the best of highs, if we are always worried right after the high, a big low will come in, we cannot appreciate that, okay? So I just want to connect that and also to those of us who feel that we are out of the league, I'm quoting you, or you know, not in that empowered place again, can you just throw a few symptoms that when we reflect, we would right away say, whoa, I need help to get to the empowered place. You know, I like to think of it as it's any time where I used to call emotions positive and negative, right? <laughs> and I've, I've stopped calling them that. I call them high resonance emotions and low resonance emotions and sort of mid resonance emotions, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, your, your high resonance emotions are love and hope and joy and thrill and, you know, optimism and well-being. And your, your mid resonance are more like, you know, frustration, overwhelm, pity, um, you know, angst or anger and, and your low resonance emotions are, you know, hurt and betrayal and sadness and blame and, you know, worthlessness, loneliness, all of those kinds of things. And, you know, when we're sort of in that mid tier, there are emotions that either move us up or move us down. And so if you're, you're in your job and you're, you're frustrated or you're overwhelmed or you're, you know, you're starting to feel burnt out, mm -hmm. you know, and you just need to take care of yourself a little bit, or you need to, to make that time for you. That's a great time to really, you know, tap into that because if you don't, mm -hmm. all of a sudden you end up in that lower tier and now you're feeling like a victim or you're feeling like a martyr. And I don't, you know, I don't judge those terms in any way. We all go there. I go there. <laughs> I'm sure you do at times too, right? Um, and the, the key is recognizing it. And if we don't sort of stop it in the in the transitional state, then we we follow the lower ones and and you know they're a little harder to get out of. Mm -hmm. Not that you can't. I think it's I think it's just being aware and recognizing it. And a healthy individual feels, you know, all of these emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't mean you're, you know, broken if you're feeling like a victim or a martyr at times, you know. I mean, most of my career in public accounting, I probably felt like a martyr, right? You know, I was working hard and, you know, you know, I thought the harder I worked, the more successful I'd become. And I thought the more difficult the assignment I took on, the more value I was providing. And and, you know, that was really kind of more fed by the ego of my head rather than by my passion. You know, my passion was when I was there late at night or, or doing college recruiting or talking to a staff person or, you know, playing with somebody, you know, in their career and helping them along. And, and that was all fun, right? But, but anytime I'm working hard, pushing boulders uphill, that's a great time to, to sort of tap into, well, who am I when I'm big? What if I was approaching this job, this situation with my gifts? Love it. Who am I when I'm big? So that backs into the next question, which is you're doing this three month group coaching, which is back in the game. So how does somebody feel when they're back in the game? Like, what's the biggest gift you give this group that they just leave like dancing when they're graduating that I'm back in the game? What's that feeling that they need? <laughs> Well, let me tell you a little bit more about kind of where they come in from. You know, I find that, you know, I started this program back in 2008 and it was the great recession, right? And there were a lot of people in transition. And, you know, I like to say they were going through identity theft, right? They've lost their job title. They lost the company they work for. They lost their income. Somebody asks them who they are and they don't even know how to answer the question anymore. 
right? And we help people see transition from a positive perspective. You know, it's, it's that career coffee break. And it's, it's, we've been given the gift of pause. You know, how many times when you're working, did you just wish you had a little bit of time to, to not be on the hamster wheel, right? To not be running in a, in a million directions. And now you have that. And here's the thing, Arjun, we know they're all gonna land. Every one of them will land. But, but their gremlin doesn't want them to believe that, you know, and, and, and we know that if they hang in there, they're going to hand the jo- land the job of their dreams. They're going to land the job they're seeking, not the job they would just take to end this pain, right? Mm-hmm. And our program helps them regain their identity, their dignity, their worth, and they come to understand that it was there all along because it comes from within. Mm-hmm. And we wrap up the sessions, everybody writes a big statement and, in, in week four. And, you know, <laughs> they, they step into that and something magical happens, right? Because not only when they were reading their big statement do, does everybody get to witness them, mm-hmm. right? But as we go around the room, everybody gets to witness everybody else as well. And it's just, it's, it's just an amazing experience. Um, to, to see people claim it, you know, and again, it's not, it's not boasting and it's not ego. It's just, where have I thrived and what do I do best and who am I in those situations? How do I show up? I think that's so powerful for a group to see individual successes and in their journey of togetherness over three months, everybody becomes shareholder in each other's life. So to me, it's not that I'm leaving with my accomplishments. And at National Speakers Association in Colorado for two years, I was fortunate to be the academic chair. And every year, I just felt it was the highest paid job. I was getting zero dollars. But what I got paid was seeing the 25 amazing journeys start, each are different. And when they all got their paid speaking after their significant other, I got the second call. Now, that emotion is priceless. And as you're talking about it, I can't just get it. And, you know, this journey, you talk a little bit about your coach, has been a major, you know, self-reinvention. And you came into this after a very successful career in accounting in a top four, big four. So as you start going in, you know, you have this, thing that super leaders have is they see what others don't. It's just like a detective. Like they are a detective, but then Sherlock Holmes all of a sudden sees something under the foot of the table and everybody's like, wow. So what is it when you start working with somebody new, what's your process where you start seeing what the person is not seeing that opens new doors and ideas? You know, I think, I think first off, I, I, I just meet people where they are, right? I like to say you can't take people from point A to point B without starting at point A. Mm-hmm. And generally, if somebody's coming to me, there's, there's something they want more of, right? Mm-hmm. There's, they either want to be a more inspirational leader or they want to, you know, feel comfortable in the brand new role that they've been promoted into or they want to, um, or the role that they've never had before, <laughs> right? Or they want to, you know, have more work-life balance and they're feeling a little powerless or they, you know, they're working really hard and they're highly successful. They've got all the measures of success that society defines as success, but they're not happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just meet them where they are and we tap into, you know, gosh, what are you feeling? Because 
if they're in this, you know, insecure, unsure of themselves, they've got some doubt or stuck or, you know, let's get curious about that. Let's figure out what's causing that. You know, what are they telling themselves that, that has them there? And then from there, like they can't be in a resourceful state of mind if they're in those lower resonance emotions or or even in those transitional emotions, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we get people, we make it okay for them to be where they are we get curious about it. We we unwrap it and unfold it and find out, you know, what is it that's that's getting in their way. And a lot of times, it's limiting beliefs. Um, it's it's believing they don't have their power. They've gone into that powerless, you know, place. And you know, if I can shift them, or when I shift them into this more resourceful state of mind, then then we find all the answers. We find out who they are when they're big, and and from that empowered, resourceful state of mind, they can do anything. So to me, as I'm listening to you, I'm just seeing is this blend of wisdom, the blends with calmness, but there's also the self-belief that Arjun, I will meet you where you are, no judging, and I'll create your path for you. You're not the golf coach who has one trick, who makes everybody do the same thing. You're creating individual journeys from where I am. And I love that you meet me at my point A. So in a way, to all of us, you are like Yoda. (laughs) Like I just say the biggest, highest compliment I can give you. So in that journey, as you are helping everybody evolve, how do you constantly evolve? How does Kimberly stay on top of your game? And Kimberly in 2021, is better, bigger, you know, wiser than Kimberly 2020, 2019, like how we constantly work. So (laughs) I, you know, I just believe that we constantly have to learn and grow. Mm -hmm. Um, I think anybody who knows it all doesn't know enough. <laughs> or anybody who thinks they know it all doesn't know enough, right? And I'm I'm just constantly learning for looking for new leadership skills or you know tools to put in my toolbox. And I think I'm addicted to coach training programs. <laughs> Every few years, I you know I put a new coaching methodology or a new you know great skill set in my in my toolbox, and and then I get to share those with clients. And I learn so much through my clients as well, which is which is pretty cool. Um, and for my clients, I think that, you know, my clients have gotten to where they are because they've been continuous learners because they've, you know, they've always been curious and they've, they've gotten a lot of training and development along the way that have, that have helped them be who they are. You know, at some point though, the company stops giving that to us, right? And it's, it's really, we hit a certain level in our careers where, you know, we're giving it to everybody else, but nobody's giving it to us. And it's up to us to take responsibility for that and to, you know, continue to learn and grow. And that's what I love about my clients is they've taken that initiative to, you know, step into a a personalized, you know, 100% tailored personal and professional development program that's that's for them. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just magical, you know, I just I just think that we all need to be continuous learners. 
Um, and I think it's the people we hang with too, right? Like I know you through the C-suite network, which, <laughs> you know, I, I've met amazing people through that network and, you know, a, a, a tremendous number of giving spirits who, you know, help me learn every time I get a, get on a call with, with them or in, or in, and in a Zoom room with them, right? Mm -hmm. This is this whole concept of being a continuous learner is so important, and especially in a corporate world, as you start climbing the corporate ladder, the higher you go, it gets lonely. Yeah. And low, worse than lonely is you don't get a chance to bounce ideas from people and constantly learn because we love learn and love to learn from interactions. And I really think that this whole spirit of continuous learning is fascinating. So you're listening to this fascinating conversation on Secrets to Win Big with Arjun with my VIP guest, Kimberly Rush, founder of All Star Coaching, co-author of Who Are You When You Are Big, former national partner of Big Four Public Accounting Firm. But more importantly with Kimberly, the big thing that is really hitting home that is the place of humility where she is, because just a few seconds back, as she talked about client success, the big thing she talked about giving credit to your clients for all the hard work she's doing. And maybe the next, next part of the conversation could be a little different, but thus far, I have not heard any me, 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 I, I, I from her. And that's really fascinating because many a time a coach just becomes like, oh, come on, this is what I do. But I just think that that's the true spirit. So Kimberly, now we'll just switch a little bit, get into rapid questions with short three to seven word answers for the 88, you know, attention deficit audience members. Are you ready? I am. Okay. So let's go beyond business because you were successful in accounting and so accounting, if you got into branding, you would have been successful wherever you are because you have a process. So thinking bigger, what's your advice to anyone in any walk of life one thing they need to do to be a successful leader? I think it's lead yourself first and get off autopilot. Wow, lead yourself first and get off autopilot. <laughs> Brilliant. How do you define a big win? Um, I think it's, you know, when you can stand firmly in, in who you are and, you know, humbly and gratefully own it. I would connect that to what you said earlier about seesaw, because seesaws are emotionally draining and does not take us. So to me, I love that confidence we're talking about. What's one reason why companies or businesses fail to win big? I think it's when leaders, you know, when we want people to be who we are hmm. instead of who they are. You know, so often we think that, you know, we're successful and so we must have the answer and we must, you know, be what other people need to be like, or, you know, we must be doing what other people need to do. And, and what we don't recognize is that our gifts are unique and special to us. If everybody had our gifts, mm -hmm. we wouldn't be so special, <laughs> you know, and what we really need to do is tap into their gifts. Mm -hmm. to tap into what they bring to the table and, and, and let them do it the way they would do it. And then we get to continue to learn. If, if, if we think that, you know, we have all the answers, then we're not learning anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that ties back to what I had said earlier. Yes, so over summer last year, 
when I was very fortunate, my daughter, Raka, was literally taking me to school, teaching me about mm. Black Lives Matter, diversity, and the challenges. She helped me understand how each one of us is different. She even showed me, and she being my daughter, she could say anything she wants. She said, Dad, even both your eyebrows are not the same. Even <laughs> you are not biologically symmetric. And that was such a powerful thing to start understanding and appreciating unique differences starting from who we are. So I just want to extend now by saying that as you go through and evolve, you know, I've seen leaders who rule out some obstacles. I've worked with some top athletes who remove the word no, impossible from a dictionary. So what is the word not in Kimberly's dictionary? And second, if I got a chance to be an intern working for you and I'm shadowing you on mega projects with mega clients for a week, what would be a word or a phrase I would hear Kimberly say most often? Well, the first thing that I don't, you know, uh, the word that's not in my dictionary, it's really more of a phrase is, is that you don't matter. Um, you know, I think for a lot of time in my life, I thought maybe I didn't matter. I felt as though I didn't matter. And I think that's probably what makes me, allows me to see people, you know, in my coaching is that I believe everybody matters. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I believe there are no unresourceful people only unresourceful states of mind. You know, people probably hear me say that a lot. And it's really a premise out of neuro-linguistic programming. And I, I think that ties back to what you were talking about with your daughter. Mm -hmm. um, and that is, you know, a, a, another premise in that is that people don't respond to reality. They respond to their map of reality. And so it's all about honoring the other person's map. So now let me ask you a very tough question. With all your wisdom, now, if you could go back, today's Kimberly is going back to that kid, Kimberly graduating from high school, and she could just pull that kid and whisper to her one wisdom, what would be an advice you would give that kid? I think it would be that, that what you're looking for is inside you. Well, I have to tell you a story. My grandma told me. Exactly. There is a deer, my grandma used to talk about, called musk, M-U-S-K. So this deer exists somewhere in the Himalayas, and it's one of the rarest deer. And this is supposed to be one of the most restless creatures. Like this deer cannot still stay, stand still. Like it always is in a movement, move, state of motion. And later on, scientists realize that this deer is mesmerized by an enchanted, stunning aroma. And all its life, it searches for that aroma. Like to the point, if we could put a GPS on this, this deer must have put more steps per year than anyone. Eventually, they learned that that aroma, this wild, enchanting, enchanting aroma, exists in the blend of the deer itself. Okay. <laughs> so the deer, this whole life's journey is to find what is already inside. And of course, the deer doesn't find it. The same thing, a common friend, Cheryl, which we are very fortunate, I call her the queen of joy, who is helping us find joy, is also teaching me that true joy is inside me. And more, I avoid the distractions. So we both are very fortunate to talk to Cheryl. And I'm also looking forward to having Cheryl come and speak and have a conversation.
So yeah. I'm really glad you brought the, the memory from my grandma about the musk deer. So yeah, she's going to be, Cheryl's going to be on my be, my inaugural Be Inspired and Grow uh, live cast on Wednesday morning at nine o'clock. I'm super excited. Yeah, but I just feel that it would be tough to follow Cheryl after that. So I feel <laughs> that once you put Cheryl on that seat, I don't want to be the second or the third person after Cheryl. So like, it just would be scary. She's her so chair scary. of joy, her chair She's of joy. Amazing. We're talking about the, the founder of Joyally. Um, a woman who wants to make a big business out of joy and, and she's well on her way. So finally, I want to talk about process. You know, you are the unique person because coming from accounting, not even looking behind you, like everything is in place. Like it's so organized, there's a process. And I find <laughs> leaders who are very successful have a process because success that cannot be repeated is not something you can bank on. So is there a process that you have when you start your workday, first thing you do, the last thing you do when you're winding down and finishing your workday that you want to talk about? Oh, goodness. Um, I wish I had more of a process. And if you could see what's not on screen, you'd understand that maybe I'm not quite as organized as my office appears to be. <laughs> but we're more organized than us. But, uh, um, Gosh, I mean, I um, I look at my calendar and I say, okay, who do I who do I get to interact with? You know, am I am I feeding enough of what energizes me? Am I giving myself enough of what what fills my boat? And and working with clients one on one, boy, fills my my boat. And um, and I find that when I get to do the things that bring me great joy and, and are, are coming from my places of strength, that the, the more mundane things or the more, um, you, you know, uh, tactical things, I have more resilience for those, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, as long as I'm getting enough of what's feeding me and giving me joy, I, I have tremendous ability to kind of really keep at it. Um, I think at the end of the day, goodness, um, you know, maybe less at the end of the, the work day and, and more just at the end of the day in general, I, you know, I put my head down on my pillow and I, I, I'm lucky enough to look out into my, my backyard with some landscape lightings that, that we've just redone. And, you know, I just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for allowing me to live in this beauty and, and to have this life and to um, be able to get to do what I do every day. You know, Kimberly, what is very powerful in what you just said is consistency of the whole conversation. And as I pointed out, halfway during half the mark was about your humility. And I really love the fact that that whole consistency that at the end of the day, you're being grateful for the opportunity and being thankful, I really think it connects the dots. Hmm. So if you were in my shoes, what would be one question you would love to ask Kimberly? A tough question. A tough question. What would be one question to ask me? Let's see. Um, Maybe how did I have the courage to, to make such a big shift? Um, 
you know, how did, how did I go from being a national partner at KPMG to, you know, to stepping out and being a, an entrepreneur and starting your own business and, you know. Yeah, so people, let me interrupt you. I just had a brilliant brainwave. <laughs> no, don't laugh. It's a very serious question. Like you were such a successful national level partner. Like you were the, one of the top in the field, working for one of the biggest names in the industry. How did you find the courage? Like, how did you get a chance, like, for you to do something big for yourself? You had to walk away from everything else, like, without getting to the search stops here moment. You can't get to that big opportunity what you're creating here. What was the transition felt like? How did you create it? I'm very impressed with the question, of course. <laughs> you know, strangely enough, it was it, it was by having a coach. You know, I, I never in my wildest dreams had envisioned leaving public accounting. You know, I just assumed I would retire from that. It was the it was the trophy I'd been going for 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 22 years to to have that partner title and and you know the prestige that went along with it and all of that. And um, my coach kept asking me at one point, you know, what was it? that got me out of bed in the morning? What were the things that had me energized and engaged and, and you know, staying there late at night until I lost track of time? And, and what were the things that you know, got me out of bed every morning? And, and I struggled to answer that question for about six months. And, um, and then one night I was in my office, it was about 11 o'clock at night. And I looked down at my watch and I had told my husband I'd be home an hour ago. And I was like, oh, darn, you know, and, and I looked at my calendar for the next day and I realized I had my coaching appointment the next morning and I still didn't have an answer to this darn question that Alan kept asking me. Alan's my co-author, by the way. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> and I was like, gosh, you know, here it is 11 o'clock at night. I don't really want to leave. I'm completely engaged to what I'm doing is could this possibly be what he's talking about? And I was organizing a team for the multiple sclerosis bike ride. Mm -hmm. And I've been on the board of the National MS Society for, for 20 years now. And, and I've had a, a team that I've organized through KPMG and then I've carried it on even after I've left. Um, and I was recruiting riders for the bike ride and I was recruiting people that didn't even have bikes. <laughs> didn't matter. We'd find them a bike, you know, and I was um, teaching them how to fundraise and I was, you know, organizing training rides and I would circle back to the slowest rider because, you know, I wanted everybody to feel like they belonged and can do it. And, you know, and I, I cheer them on and, and I teach them how to fundraise. And, you know, over the, the years, my team's raised over a million dollars for MS and, and, I realized, you know, okay, that was a time when I was thriving. That was a time, you know, that was, that was something I got to do at work. It wasn't something I had to do or needed to do or ought to, should, must. It was like, it was a get to. And um, I was just honored that I could, you know, that I had the opportunity to create a team for the firm. And I, um, <laughs> I, I sat back and I said, well, what makes this so meaningful to me? And seeing those people's faces in Mission Bay Park after they'd ridden a hundred miles on a bike over the course of a weekend and just seeing the, the pride they had that they had accomplished something they never in their wildest dreams thought that they could have accomplished was, was magical. And I knew that I'd 
I'd perhaps change their lives in maybe the smallest way, you know, where else were they putting barriers up in front of themselves? Where else were they, were they, you know, not getting there? And, and through working with my coach, I realized that every time I was on my game at work, every time I was delivering excellent client service, every time I was, you know, having the most fun and getting the best results, I'd been doing just that. I'd been throwing out this great big challenge in front of people and then inspiring them and coaching and developing and mentoring them to get them to get there. And that gave me the courage to take some coaching classes. And then once I, once I stuck my foot in, it was, <laughs> it was a, you know, a sure thing from there, but it was, it was still scary. And, you know, I had to let go of my ego. I, I, you know, I'm the first one to admit I was probably driven a little too much by ego. I didn't know it at the time, but, but I was, and, you know, stepping out really helped me step into who I am when I'm big. Right. That's, that's when he asked me the question. And, you know, that's, that's what gave me the courage, ironically. And I'm not saying that everybody that, you know, <laughs> is making a career change needs to make a, a right turn like I did. They may go back to doing exactly what they did before, but, you know, they'll know why they're doing it. Or maybe they're not in transition at all. Maybe they're just in their jobs and they're feeling a little, you know, um, unsure of themselves in some way, right? Or they want more for themselves. And, you know, helping them achieve that is, is it's my jam. <laughs> what a fascinating conversation. You know, anything else you would like to share? I, you know, I, <laughs> you're, you're, the title of your podcast could not be any greater <laughs> for me, right? Win big, right? And, and, you know, what I like to say to everybody is just be big, live big, and lead big. Go for it. Be big. Live big Live and lead big. Love that. Kimberly, fascinating conversation. Thank you. Thank you. So as I go back and try to look at my notes, this was like wow, wow, and wow. It started with you talked about belief in greatness. Start at a place of being humble. And let there, which is your client's, magnificent side emerge. As you talked about, not only did you talk about it, but what I also felt being in the best seat in the house to see is you living the absolute joy, beaming in clients' success and joy. Because I really think that's the kind of coach we all want or somebody who is leading us, guiding us, it's like a GPS that celebrates. Like normally GPS, when you get somewhere, says you have made your destination. Like, no, it should say, yay, you made it. Like that's the kind of GPS I want in life. And that's what you are. You talked about getting to your empowered place and avoid the seesaw, which really resonated with me. And of course, I think you and I will have a follow-up conversation on that because I need to learn more. I also felt that many a time we struggle to find that intersection of our passion and what we are brilliant at. And your wisdom about connect your compensation with your gift was priceless. You also talked about give yourself a gift of the pause, which again, I love. Then as you start evolving, two things you talked about client relationship, which I think is important for anyone in any business. 
One is to take a client from point A to point B, meet where your client is at point A. Because otherwise, it's very frustrating for me as a client to see you, if I'm at a Montessori level and you are at a PhD level and you don't meet me, whether you are leading me on a bike race or in a bigger journey, I just feel stupid. And to me, I really love that concept. And then there was this incredible wisdom of nugget that was there is what does your client want more of? Too many times, it's just like if this was a restaurant, you're feeding people what they want to eat instead of you're telling people what they should eat. That's a big difference. And having your clients, giving them what they want more of is simply priceless. The question, who are you when you are big, is priceless. And at the end, I love the way you finish. Be big, live big, lead big. Kimberly, totally a fascinating conversation. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking time to share your wisdom today. Thank you. This has been super fun. I love it. I love what you're doing. Such a pleasure. Thank you all for listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arvind Sen. Please share, subscribe, review this podcast, share with friends. And I'm really excited to have this best seat in the house, to have this amazing conversation. And I promise I'll bring another conversation with another leader from another walk of life, another part of the world real soon. Happy listening. Be safe. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.